And so in that moment, I realized that there are these moments where we all inspire to want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, right? Whether we see something in the news um, or we're just walking down the street and want to, we just want to do something about it. Uh, for some people, they're able to act after the fact. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Wale Mafolashi Ray of Givelify. Wale, it's great to have you on the show. It's great to have you, Gresham. Thank you for having me. Yeah, super excited to have you on. And before we jump into the interview, I want to read a little bit more about Wale so you can hear about some of the awesome things that he's doing. And Wale is the founder of Givelify, the most trusted online and mobile giving platform. Nearly $3 billion in donations across more than 55,000 organizations, including churches and places of worship, as well as a variety of other nonprofit causes has been generated through Givelify. Wale believes giving is a beautiful thing, and he leads the efforts at Givelify to make the giving experience equally beautiful and instant. A multi-time entrepreneur, Wale pioneered an online learning and collaboration platform for college students and an interactive mobile video cloud platform. He formed Givelify in 2013 out of a desire to transform spontaneous giving and increase generosity in the world. Wale, super excited to have you on the show. Thank you for giving us some of your time today. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I'll tell you what, I'm very exciting and I've uh, had a chance to review some of the work that you're doing and just taking uh, this nuggets from those of us who are out there trying to figure out how to run businesses and sharing those nuggets. Uh, I get to learn from some of the things that you've done as well. So hopefully uh, there are some things here that I can share today that your audience can learn from just like I've gotten to benefit from the things you shared from others. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I always say success leaves clues. So I definitely think you have loads of knowledge and information. You've had so much success. So before we kind of jumped into the success that you have, what I wanted to do was kind of rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on how you got started. Can you take me through what I like to call your CEO story? Yeah, sure. Definitely. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was uh, sitting in church and the offering plate came by. This was probably early 2013 or so. Uh, reached for my wallet. I had maybe two, three dollars in there. And meanwhile, I knew I wanted to wait. I wanted to give away more than uh, three dollars I had in my wallet. Uh, put that in the in the offering plate and made a promise to myself that when I got home, I'd go set up the online. Game. Meanwhile, the pastor was uh, on the pulpit saying, "Hey, we've got online giving, so you can give online." Uh, but I tried to do it from my smartphone while sitting in church, and it was not the smoothest experience. Right, so just. Think about that. This is about eight years ago. Things were not super mobile optimized or uh, geo optimized, right? So you'd have to hit the browser on your phone, type in the name of your church. In my situation, the name of my church was Faith Apostolic Church. So it's like a whole bunch of uh, Faith <laughs> Apostolic Churches <laughs> exactly show up in the Google search result. And so in that moment, I realized that there are these moments where we all inspire to want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, right? Whether we see something in the news, um, or we're just walking down the street and want to, we just want to do something about it. Uh, for some people, they're able to act after the fact. For people like myself, if I don't act in the moment, I lose that moment completely. And so I was wondering, there's got to be an app that helps people like myself when we find ourselves in this moment. 
and looked in the app store. There wasn't one. I was like, you know what? I told you, maybe we'll build this app. Um, worst case scenario, nobody uses it. I'm the only user. Um, best case scenario, it solves the relationship between my church and I. I don't have to keep avoiding eye contact with my pastor every time I go to church on Sunday. I'm sneaking out the back door five minutes before the service is over because I don't want him to come say hello to me. I'm feeling guilty because I, I didn't give. Um, and, you know, what we thought was just going to be this little thing that solves Wally's ability to give whenever it was inspired to has turned into this generosity movement that you read of some of those stats. By all means, we're just very humbled by uh, almost $3 billion in donations that we've helped these organizations raise, 55,000 of them, over a million people like me that are out there. We're looking to do more good, and we just feel very fortunate that we help them turn those good intentions into good. Nice. Well, I appreciate you sharing that, you know, so much. And so I, I know I touched on a little bit when I read your bio, you did as well, too. Could you take us through a little bit more on how it works and how you make that impact for it sounds like the organizations as well as the individuals that want to give as well? Yeah, definitely. So anytime you look about philanthropy, right, there's these organizations in the one of the quotes I like to quote is uh, Mr. Bill Gates, right? He says, hey, look, these are huge problems that philanthropy is solving, right? If there were easy problems, government will step in, business will, businesses will step in and solve them. But they're huge problems. And so we leave it into the hands of philanthropic organizations to tackle them. And so we've always looked at it from the perspective of, yes, there are these organizations that are tackling these problems. And that's their passion. That's, that's what they wake up every day for. And there's people like, perhaps you and I, who are saying, hey, look, we want to solve the problem too, but it's not our full-time job, right? And we just want to support those who are tackling these problems. And maybe we could do that through our time, right? We give up our time, or if we have financial resources, we'll give them some money so they can continue um, to champion these causes. Um, so when we look at, okay, if that's the problem we're trying to solve, how do we build tools and tools that bring those two sides together, that brings the organization together, who's looking to connect with more of the people who want to support them, and the good people like you and I, who are looking for organizations that are just near and dear to us and, and causes that we can be inspired by to support them. And I think in our heads, when we first started the company, we thought, hey, we could go out there and raise a million dollars to make this happen. And so we started going around pitching investors to say, hey, look, here's the problem we're trying to solve. Has this ever happened to you? I remember starting to pitch out of Indianapolis, where I used to live at that point in time, and we couldn't get any investors to get behind the idea. So I'm like, you know what? Forget Indianapolis. I'm going to go try Austin, Texas. I've heard that investors there are very progressive. Pitched a couple of investors there. Couldn't get anybody to bite. Tried San Francisco. I hear they found anything called an idea out of there. Um, spoke to a bunch of investors. It was one thing or the other. We don't know who you are. You know, you've never done this before. We think competition is going to eat you up. I'm like, you know what? Forget San Francisco. I'm going to go try New York, the money capital of the world. And again, pitched a couple of different people there. And same result. And so I remember at some point in time looking in the mirror, I'm like, and everybody can't be wrong. Maybe this idea actually does suck. And maybe I shouldn't pursue it, but I got off the plane and it was Sunday the next day and I went back to church and I'm leaving this problem again. I'm like, well, maybe I just suck at explaining what the opportunity is. This problem is real. I've got to be able to solve it for myself. And so I uh, called on some of my friends at that point in time, some of them from college, some of them I just knew casually and just uh, talked to them about what I was trying to do. And they could all get behind the idea of a product out there that can help people turn that innate desire that exists in every one of us to turn it into immediate actions of donations, right? 
they could get behind it. And so, you know, $5,000 there, $10,000 here, we all pitched in. And that's how we were able to get the company started. Nice. I, I love that. So would you consider that to be what I like to call your secret sauce? This could be for yourself, the organization, or combination of both. But do you think it's that hardworking, that the mentality? Sounds like perseverance as well as you have. Do you think that's part of what makes you, uh, sets you apart and makes you unique? I've seen to be a consistent theme for success, regardless of who you talk to, whether in the business world, whether in sports, or whether it's in the entertainment industry consistently what everybody says is never give up on your and it sounds so easy like it, it's just it sounds so easy but it's literally the secret sauce it's like never give up and i remember moments when it's like i would go to all this pitch i went to hundreds of pitches and time after time they would say no this can never work we don't want to take the chance and so today if you ask me what's the secret sauce to givelify success definitely Product and features, they're great, but absolutely, it's the people. And if you ask yourself one more question, why the people? It's the diversity in people. And so at work, I joke a lot, like if you if you look at any of our work Zoom calls, it feels like you are the United Nations because you see people from all different backgrounds. And, and it's just absolutely incredible because of the innovation you get from there perspective diverse uh, from those diverse perspectives. I appreciate that so much. And, you know, hearing the essence of you and what kind of gets you going. So I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So it could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? One of the books that I enjoy reading a lot is the Bible. And I say this because it's not just a complete book from a faith perspective, but if you look at all the lessons that the Bible outlines, right? So we talked about just from the story of creation, it's right. One of the things I talk about is God could have said, he's God. He could do anything. He didn't have to wait seven days to create the world. On day one, he could have said, let the world look, let, let the earth look like it looks like in 2021 today. And it will have happened, right? But he remembered there was something he had to do first, right? So he looked around, he saw there was darkness and he said, let there be light. And that's the thing he did on day one. But the lesson and the translation is that is no matter how big your dream is, you've got to be able to condense it to what's the one thing I can do today. Uh, Jesus Christ is talking about the things he needed to inspire his disciples. Like literally in business terms, I say, Jesus Christ was an entrepreneur. He didn't have money to hire those 12 disciples, but he sold them a vision. He told Peter, I will make you fishers of men. Not I will pay you to be a fisherman, but I will make you fishers of men. And he had a very clear vision that he could articulate and he could get people behind that vision. And so for any entrepreneur, you need to have a vision. And how do you get people to buy into that vision? Because you can't do it by yourself. And so there are lots of things you can look to in the Bible that point to business lessons, business hacks. I enjoy reading Bible stories. On a faith level, but from a business perspective as well, there's hardly anything I'm struggling with that can find something in the Bible that speaks eloquently. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that so much. So I love um, that hack. And, and you might have already touched on this, um, but I wanted to ask you for a CEO nugget, which is a little bit more of a word of wisdom or a piece of advice. And I almost wonder if you kind of touched on this when you said when you were able to bring on a team, but that team was a diverse team, it provided certain opportunities for you to see and look at things maybe from a unique perspective because you were creating a team and building a team that had those unique experiences, perspectives, and, and, and that kind of built 
and became a competitive advantage for you? Yeah, there's no doubt. I think, you know, we've, as Giblify has grown over the years and we've expanded the products that we offered, um, one of the things you start to quickly see is you need to bring in more people to help you with the organization. And there are some times where you're like, hey, I got to find the best person very quick. Um, but one of the things that we've always appreciated at Givelify was just the power of diversity. And if we just sometimes want to bring somebody very quickly, sometimes we're very intentional about saying, hey, look, when I look at this team, we have certain perspectives on there and we lack this other perspective on there, right? And so we're very intentional about saying, hey, look, we need somebody of a different kind of background so that they can offer their own perspective there. And yes, it means you might take you longer to fill the role but it's never failed us when we're very intentional about saying, regardless of what it takes, we just can have a team that all looks and sound the same. Absolutely appreciate that nugget. And I want to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Wally, what does being a CEO mean to you? You don't get into this to become a CEO, at least personally. I think one of the things that I like to correct people is, hey, you want to work for yourself. The whole concept of I'm working for myself. And I'm like, if you're doing this because the end goal is to work for yourself, I think there are other things that are a lot easier that will get you the money and you don't have to worry about working for yourself, right? Um, because the whole concept of I'm working for myself, it's as far as I'm concerned, it's a fallacy. Like everybody's working for somebody. If my organizations or my donors ask me to jump right now, Gresham, I'm going to ask how high I work for them, right? <laughs> so everybody works for somebody. And so the whole concept of servant leadership, again, you go to the Bible, you talk about Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. In my own opinion, it's just something that every leader needs to take very seriously, right? That it's a team effort and nobody's more important. Yes, your role is to set the vision and get people behind the vision, but you need the people who are going to get behind the vision as well and execute on the vision. It doesn't make me more important than the next person. It's just, that is my role. My accountant has his role. Our customer support folks have their role and nobody's role is more important. We're just playing our role. And as a leader, it's something that you know, I had to learn in my early days and made a few mistakes through that. But the moment I appreciated that my role is a CEO role and it wasn't any more important than anybody else's, it was easier to get people to get behind the vision and hold each other accountable to what are we trying to do and how do we measure that we're doing? Yeah, that makes so much sense. And definitely, you know, so powerful, especially when you, you know, you mix in that servant leadership, as we kind of been talking about with the good book and, and, and you know, Jesus being a, a phenomenal leader as well, too, being able to kind of um, um, motivate the, the disciples and let them know the mission and the vision as well, too. Truly appreciate that definition. Of course, appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do now was pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get a hold of you, find out about all those things you and your team are working on. www.givelify.com. That's that's you know that's our website. And we're just very excited about some of the new things that we're putting out there in the marketplace today. Um, one of the things that we've come to appreciate is how you start to leverage the power of technology. There's a lot of things we read in the news today about how technology is selling our data and it's doing all of this hanky-panky with what it knows about us. And for us, we've just always wondered like, hey, can we reverse that? 
and instead use technology. Awesome. 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 I truly appreciate that, Wally. Um, what we'll do is we'll have the information that's shown us as well, too, so that everybody can get a hold of you and, and find out about all the awesome things you all are working on. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you, Gresham, for telling the stories. I know there's somebody out there who's probably struggling with, should I pursue the idea or not? And I'm hoping you know, they can watch some of the things that you've written about or talked about in your podcast, and they can find that inspiration, even when it looks like it's impossible. So kudos to you and the good work you're doing. Absolutely. I appreciate that. The saying is it's always darkest before dawn. So I uh, appreciate you, Wale, and I uh, hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. You do the same. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Want to level up your business even more? Read blogs, listen to podcasts, and watch videos at cbnation.co. Also, check out our I Am CEO Facebook group. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.